morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, April 25th. It's a name we take for granted, but on this date, way back in 1507, a world map produced by a German map maker contained the first recorded use of the term America. The name was in honor of Italian navigator Amerigo Vespucci. And if you feel the need for speed when you're behind the wheel, you would have hated what happened on this date in 1901. Back then, New York Governor Benjamin Barker O'Dell signed a law that imposed a strict speed limit on highways. Can you guess what the speed limit was? I'll have that answer in just a few minutes. But first, let's check in on that Tuesday forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Tuesday morning. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine headed outside this morning. Just a light jacket kind of morning sweatshirt. Temperatures just a little cool in the 50s to around 60. Some clouds out there. We'll mix that in with sunshine off and on through the day. There is a small chance of a shower this afternoon as temperatures top out in the low to mid 70s. Now tomorrow we'll go up a couple degrees. Thursday up a couple more degrees near 80 degrees by Thursday. Now just a small chance of a shower today, tomorrow and Thursday. Best rain chance will come through on Friday, high around 75. And then we lower the rain chance. Looks mostly sunny and mainly dry Saturday at 82. And then we may have to dodge a few showers and storms on Sunday morning. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. One year ago today, children and parents were running and ducking for cover as dozens of shots erupted at a youth baseball game in North Charleston. Yeah, police say that investigation into the Pepper Hill Park shooting continues. Molly McBride sat down with Deputy Chief Ken Hagee with the North Charleston Police Department. She brings us more on where this investigation stands. Deputy Chief Hagee tells me investigators have spent thousands of hours on this investigation. He says they have multiple suspects that they've been keeping a close eye on since the shooting, but they're just missing one piece. Right now, really what we're looking for is that one person, that one person in one of these groups that can tell us who was shooting and who shot first. Chief Deputy Hagee says they've recovered two guns that they believe were used in the shooting and arrested people that were there that night, but for crimes not related to the shooting. He tells me the North Charleston Police Department learned a lot of lessons from the incident. Since last year, they've ramped up their social media monitoring, using AI technology to monitor certain hashtags and training their analysts in social media surveillance. He says they've also reached out to lawmakers at the Capitol, advocating for legislation that would help the North Charleston Police Department charge more people involved. I think, I think that there's some really good reckless endangerment laws throughout the United States that not only set where a shooting happens like in public like that, it adds time onto their sentence. But he said it's not about a harsher penalty or putting people away for life. It's about making sure that the victims on the field that night feel satisfied and have closure. Reporting in North Charleston, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Let's get a look at your weather here as we get started on our Tuesday morning live view outside looking out over West Ashley. So dark, still early, still a little cool outside this morning. In fact, temperatures down a couple degrees from yesterday morning. 
We're for the most part in the 50s, one exception being out at the coastline from Charleston County down towards uh, headed down towards the Edisto area, sitting in the low 60s this morning. So grab a light jacket. Not a bad idea as you head out the door. No need for the umbrellas this morning. Rain offshore, but that's moving away from us. There is going to be a small chance of a shower, especially in our southern areas later today. A lot of you are going to stay dry, though. Look at Future Tracker, and we're looking for green on this map. We'll take you into the afternoon. Two o'clock showing dry, but watch shortly thereafter. There may be one or two showers that do pop up. So we'll keep an eye on that. But the rain chance today, 20% or less. We'll start out with a mix of sun and clouds. We'll call it partly to mostly cloudy for this morning. 50s going into the 60s, which will eventually go into the low 70s as we head into this afternoon. We do have a slight chance of a shower this afternoon, early this evening. A lot of you stay dry again today. Better rain chance later this week. We'll talk more about it coming up shortly. Let's head over to Alicia, the First Alert Traffic Center. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Joey. Well, right now we are taking a look at the roads. So let's go ahead and switch gears and transition here. Now, starting with 526, if you're up this early, you could possibly be getting the kids ready for school, headed off to work or the airport. So we're going to take a look at that just in a bit. But right now, if you're headed on to 526 on the eastbound side, you could see Mount Pleasant right now. The street's kind of quiet this morning. And then, of course, passing Long Point Road, I want to go ahead and just shoot you there right with a live view of our camera you can see there's no backup by the porch just yet now we'll take a look at i-26 in a bit take a look at these drive times headed out the door Somerville police say a man is behind bars after officers found a pipe bomb in his home. Police were called to West Doty Avenue Sunday. Officers say that suspect John Braswell refused to comply with orders as he claimed to have diplomatic immunity. Police say Braswell had an active bench warrant with Dorchester County Sheriff's Office. During his arrest, officers say they observed a pipe bomb. The Charleston County Bomb Squad responded and dismantled that device. They say a second device, which appeared to be a homemade gun, was in the kitchen. Braswell was taken to the Dorchester County Jail and is awaiting a bond hearing. Charleston County deputies say last week they seized enough fentanyl to kill more than half a million people, the largest seizure made by the sheriff's office. The sheriff's office says Tyrell Sistrunk was arrested in connection to the seizure. He's now facing drug and weapons charges. According to the sheriff's office, they found the drugs and guns Wednesday while serving a warrant for Sistrunk related to charges he's facing from back in 2019. They say Sistrunk ran before they could serve the warrant, which you might remember prompted Porter Gowd School to go on lockdown. Deputies say Sistrunk was arrested later that day. During the search, deputies tell us they found two and a half pounds of fentanyl, several other drugs, and paraphernalia. At a press conference yesterday, officials warned of the danger of fentanyl. They say overdoses in Charleston County are up 25% compared to last year. Authorities also stress the importance of having access to Narcan to help prevent more overdose deaths. Health officials say a partially demolished gym in Andrews is now contaminated with asbestos after county officials never obtained a permit from the South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Control. Now, the demolition process started March 7th. However, Georgetown County did not get an asbestos survey or demolition permit, so the process was halted while DHEC did an assessment. 
DHEC says the asbestos will require removal using wet methods of demolition while on-site air monitoring as well. Now, the gym is located in a residential area with homes and parks nearby. Its proximity has raised some concerns from those that live nearby. The issue is set to be discussed at the Georgetown County Council meeting. According to the meeting agenda, the cost to cover that demolition will be more than $300,000, which would come from the American Rescue Plan. The Charleston County Sheriff's Office says they're looking for help finding two missing girls. They say 11-year-old Lucy Mariella Amaya Romero and 14-year-old Luz Crystal Romero were last seen yesterday morning around 1030 near Falcon Road in North Charleston. No foul play is suspected. Anyone with information should contact the Sheriff's Office. That number is there at the bottom of your screen. A North Charleston charter school will be closing its doors after having its charter revoked. Gate School first opened its doors in August of 2021 to serve students with dyslexia. Almost immediately, the school had problems with violations and issues of noncompliance. Yesterday, the Charter Institute at Erskine, which authorized Gate School's charter, voted to take it away, citing systemic findings of noncompliance of state and federal special education law. The Charter Institute at Erskine says there are about 95 students enrolled at the school. They say parents will be notified and they'll work to provide a smooth transition for students. The founding board chair released the statement about the decisions at the board chair of the school. It reads in part, their community is heartbroken and disappointed that the Charter Institute at Erskine board disregarded the information from special education compliance experts and that no statutory grounds for revocation exist. A new law in South Carolina is changing the way school districts approach their funding. For years, both school districts in Dorchester County have operated with a 15% cap on their general reserve fund. Officials say that cap is like putting a limit on your savings account, and it's illegal to put more than 15% of their money into that account. The new law now takes away that 15% cap. Officials with DD4 say they're looking into how this change will impact them. Meanwhile, DD2 says they have been asking for this change. However, it could affect their credit rating, causing higher interest rates. Meanwhile, DD2 has voted to reverse a proposed policy that would have allowed any taxpayer in the district to request a review on books in school libraries. That's following an hour-long session where parents and teachers commented on each side of the change. While you can make choices for your own children, it can only be considered a disrespectful overreach to think that you are entitled to make those choices for children of others. I don't think that the review of books should be limited to parents of current students. I think the whole community is invested in what our children learn. Uh, we have future parents, we have grandparents, and we have parents who don't feel happy with the current public school system who've chosen elsewhere for their, for their children. The board did, however, pass a policy change that solidifies timelines for a book review. However, only parents and legal guardians will be allowed to request a review. The proposed policy still needs to go through at least one more reading before the board, before it's officially established. A historic building and, and museum in Charleston has just been awarded a grant. This money will allow for the Powder Magazine Museum to fund a project to uncover the lost diverse stories of daily life from the Revolutionary War era. Samantha Popovic is joining us live this morning from downtown Charleston. Now, Samantha, tell us a little bit more about the Powder Magazine Museum and the history this grant will hopefully reveal. Good morning. 
Good morning. This $20,000 grant to the Powder Magazine Museum will help history unveil itself in efforts to uncover records of two years worth of daily life lost during the revolutionary era. The Powder Magazine Museum is the oldest public building in the state, still standing from 1713, that was used to store gunpowder during the American Revolutionary War. The director of the museum says the grant will fund research by digging into archives, helping us have an understanding of what daily life was like for people who lived in Charlestown during the American Revolution. Catherine Pemberton says there are missing gaps in history while Charleston was occupied, occupied by the British between 1780 and 1782. The museum's research has already begun conducting research in American archives, primarily in Charleston and Columbia, and abroad in British archives. This research will then be accessible to the public for free through exhibits and lectures at the Powder Magazine Museum. Pemberton says the last known American research on Revolutionary War era records was done in 1976 in England. England for the Bicentennial, and this time they are hoping to find records from underrepresented groups during this period sharing their stories. Our focus is really on um, the underrepresented populations and underrepresented stories, so women, African Americans, slaves, um, uh, we're going to really be digging into a lot of more of the daily life of what's going on in Charlestown during that period than just the, um, the battles and the sort of governmental actions. Pemberton says their goal is to have their research wrapped up by February of next year, allowing access publicly to archives. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, Samantha Popovics, Live 5 News. Thanks, Samantha. Over a decade after its discovery, a group on James Island is working to clean up a cemetery that contains the gravestones of former slaves and their descendants. It was found off Secessionville Road 13 years ago. Since then, the land has become overgrown. Angela Burgess says she walked by the area and noticed those headstones underneath the brush. Burgess and others have been working since February to clean up the burial site. So far, they say they've uncovered 52 headstones with more headstones still under the brush. Burgess says she hopes that in the future, family members can come there to pay their respects. She says she also wants to establish the cemetery as a historic site. Funding for a mega boat ramp on Lake Moultrie could soon be complete if the Berkeley County Council approves the last few requests. Construction on the ramp started in 2021. However, it faced an early setback after crews learned the top three feet of soil needed removal, adding an additional million dollars to that cost. Now the council is reviewing a $275,000 request for funding. Officials say that money would come from the accommodations fee charged for overnight hotel stays. If approved, they say $25,000 will stand in the way of fully funding that project. No completion date has been set, but officials say they hope it will be done sometime next year. At the top of the show, I mentioned that on this date in 1901, New York's governor signed a bill that imposed a speed limit on highways. You're not going to believe this, but that speed limit was just 15 miles an hour. We've certainly come a long way with technology and horsepower since then. Celebrating birthdays today, actor Al Pacino is 83, actress Talia Shire from the Rocky films is 78, actor Hank Azaria is 59, and actress Renee Zellweger 
is 54. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.